everyone. This is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with great, amazing artists. And today, like like no other, we've got another great show for you. Um, we got Chris Smith, whose stage name is Fatumi, and I'm going to definitely have to ask about that. But anyway, Chris, are you here? Yeah, I'm here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem. So, how's the weather? Where you Where are you at right now, anyway? Right now, I am in North Carolina. And the weather is a little bit windy here. Um, I'm supposed to be in Nashville actually this last week, but uh, the my, my family the flu is wreaking havoc. We all have our flu shots, but the flu is wreaking havoc on my family. Got my daughter, oh, then, wow. again, then it got me, and then this morning we woke up and had my son. <laughs> so we're all at the house here, just working through it. Yeah, we we just went through all that, but you know, with, we got a little eight year old and a one year old, and we all yeah. got sick and it. Yeah. And, it's and we were all sick like for month. about a month. Yeah, about a month, yeah. all of us. It was yeah, pretty I was rough. My wife, I, I, I wish it would just hit us all at one time instead of being methodical about it. My, my daughter had, yeah. luckily we've all been pretty minor symptoms, no major, mm-hmm. major flu. But uh, mm-hmm. my daughter took it like a champ, and then, of course, uh, I'm not. I don't take it like a champ. I take it like a man, which is, means I'm, I'm whining and crying a lot. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm my son takes it better than I do. If my wife gets it, we won't even know she has it. She, she, she's such a treat. <laughs> but I'm like here. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, of course, where you're from, what hobbies you'd like to do outside of music, and just the basic fluff fluff stuff before we get into music stuff. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm from North Carolina. This is where I'm born and raised here. I split my time between here and Nashville these days. I'm a full-time songwriter. Um, Before that, I was in the Army. Uh, That was my job. I did 11 years in the military. I'm still in the inactive reserve, which means as long as nothing hits the fan, I'm I'm basically out, but I can get yeah. called back again. Thank you for coming. Um, oh, yes. It. Thank, Thank you. you. It, was a, it was a lot of fun, actually. I, I know it's fun about usually the world people associate with it, but I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed my time. I did five years with the Air Force enlisted and then another five to six years with the Army uh, as an officer. And so uh, when oh, I, got wow. out, I got, had a deployment in 2013, I got out. I, I was able to, I was an intelligence officer, and I was able to reassess what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't need a lot of spies in Winston Salem, North Carolina, so uh, <laughs> I was able to pick a new career path. Um, and uh, music had always been a, a passion of mine, um, and so mm-hmm. I decided to take a go at it. I said, you know, let's 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 take some time here and see if we can make music a uh, a career. And at that time, I didn't even know what it meant. I didn't know if that meant I was going to play bars on the weekends, doing cover songs. I didn't know songwriting was a career path. Uh, I just mm-hmm. knew that I loved music and that there was some way yeah. to make money in music, and I was going to figure out what that was. And then uh, eight years later, you know, it's it's it kind of evolved. Uh, I think I'm going into my ninth year now, and it's evolved from you know songwriting and country music to now moving into pop music a lot, and then mostly film and TV is my focus now. And I have my own project as well. It's, it seems like every year it evolves in a different direction, which keeps it fresh and interesting <laughs> for me. And that's what I really love about music. So tell us a crazy story that one of the craziest stories you have during your military service. And also tell us a crazy story that you have since you've been singing. Oh man. Um, so the military story, I don't, I don't know. like, I don't know that there's anything that I, I would be, I would be comfortable going into detail because usually the military <laughs> crazy stories uh, shine negatively on somebody, not usually myself, but usually the other people in it. And we're in such a small community that they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, yeah, the, you know the, the military is 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 a is an awesome is an awesome community of people because yeah you know we're not a monolith in any kind of way you get everybody from mm-hmm. all kinds of backgrounds into the military and all types it makes for some interesting bedfellows too while you're while you're all in the same community together you're 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 hand in hand with the craziest guy you you might be the quietest guy on earth and you know you're in a foxhole with the loudest most rambunctious craziest guy on earth. Uh, it just it just brings out some uh, interesting uh, interesting neighbors there, but uh, yeah. I, I've always enjoyed it. I, I think one of the craziest things—it's not a crazy thing—I think, but I think one of the 
craziest things for me is, is experiencing other cultures. This isn't a crazy story per se. Mm-hmm. But just, yeah. uh, for example, uh, Kuwait. Driving on the streets of Kuwait, I, ha- I had to work with the uh, host nation government there, so I had to leave base and drive to uh, where the Kuwaitis work. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the way they drive, I mean, people are, no matter what state you're from, you're always bad mouth the other states. You know, have you seen those crazy Florida drivers? Have you seen those crazy New York drivers? But in Kuwait, it's a whole other ballgame. <laughs> <It's not, laughs> if, if, if they need to come over, they're coming over. you got to make room for them. Uh, you're weaving in and out of traffic. Uh, I've seen head-on collisions in there with, that have just been like, these people, no, surely nobody walked away from that crash. And these are crashes that we've seen daily on the highway. Yeah, I've just never seen anything like the roads over there. It was like the constant NASCAR. But then, you mm-hmm. know, when I went to Afghanistan, well, there was nobody on the roads, uh, except, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but every now and then there's uh, IED. So it's a whole different type of uh, obstacles on the roads in Afghanistan. So it's, it's uh, I think, just kind of experiencing different places and locations and just uh, – Understanding and respecting them for what they are uh, is is always been kind of interesting to me. Uh, and they're not really like a wild and crazy story, but and then I'll say for <laughs> music though, I do have a, actually one story. It's the first time that I ever performed in front of a crowd. Um, not wild okay. and crazy, but like um, I was asked to perform at this thing at this local award show. It's called the Forsyth County Entertainment Awards. Um, uh-huh. And, and so they asked me to come, and at the time, I was just a country songwriter. I was not a performer. I was writing for the country mm-hmm. market. They wanted me to do the song. So I did this song that was this Biz Marquee mashup. Uh, he had this song called, uh, uh, You, You Got What I Need. It's just this classic, like, 90s rap song that stole yeah, I remember that song. R&B guy back in the day. <laughs> and then I mashed it up with a country song. <laughs> so it was like a mashup of a mashup. Um, but they asked if I would play a song for them. So I was like, yeah, you know, I'll bust this out. And they said, oh, good. The house band will back you up. And so uh, mm-hmm. I met this house band, uh, and it was led by this super talented guy uh, who plays blues music, but he's blind and autistic as well. And so we had one rehearsal. He played a song that I had never played before um, with this band that I've never played before. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I meet this guy, and he's on a whole other level. Uh, he's like, I, I started to play this thing. He's like, oh, your, your E strings a little bit out. I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, your E strings are easily. It's out of attitude. Fix it. I was like, oh, okay. And then he says, <laughs> I'm playing with a capo. He could just hear these things. Uh, and he was so he was so talented and so fascinating. That band mm-hmm. was just amazing. But uh, I get up there and I'm playing to a crowd that probably does not want to hear country music. Um, but I get up with this band mm-hmm. that I've never played with and this crowd that doesn't want to hear what I'm doing for the first time ever in my entire life, and we rocked it. I mean, we rocked it. They invited us back for an encore immediately after. There's this video floating around where we just came in. The crowd just ate it up. And I think that was part of what hooked me for performing. Was that moment on, I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? This is fun right here. I like this. I haven't, luckily, I haven't had that opportunity to really bomb to take that wind out of my sails yet. Um, but I'm sure it's coming. I don't perform with things I should. But uh, luckily, that positive experience has kind of catapulted me uh, into the spotlight. But that was my first performance on a stage ever in my life, was being backed by a band I'd never met in front of a crowd I'd never <laughs> played in front of with a song I'd mm-hmm. never performed. It was just fun. I like that. I like being on the uh, on the edge of something new whenever I can be. So who was, who's been some of your musical influences? Oh, man, so many, so many. So I grew up uh, with oldies and kind of like uh, Sam Cooke was a big one. I grew up with Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. It was pretty eclectic kind of coming up, but it was definitely the older um, 60s and 70s kind of style of music. Mom was a big Jimmy Buffett fan as well. Um, Dad was into the 70s kind of rock. He loved ELO, um, Creedence Clearwater. So that's what I kind of came up on. And in the 90s, I fell into the uh, kind of, I, I kind of missed grunge a little bit. I, not, I didn't do the big Nirvana thing, uh, but I mm-hmm. fell into post-grunge in a big way, which was like the Creed's and the Nickelback, the things that people kind of say when they bury their heads in their hands when they say it. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, that brought me into rock music. And uh, rock music, strangely enough, took me into country music because what, what I carried with 
took me through rock, which a lot of people don't you know, realize that rock of the 90s had still these big choruses, big soaring melodies. Um, mm-hmm. And then I kind of saw that country had those big soaring melodies as well, like commercial country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of always kind of came up on those big melodies of Motown, and that carried in through the rock mm-hmm. of the 80s. And then I found that again in rock in the 90s, and then I found it again in commercial country. But I've always, no matter what genre of music, I've always been kind of gravitating toward those, those big courses, big song melodies, dynamic drums. Uh, those are the mm-hmm. things that I like. Right now, I'm, I'm really into, uh, of course, I'm still writing for the country market, so I love all kinds of country artists. Luke Combs is a favorite of mine. He's doing big mm-hmm. things. Um, and then uh, I'm, I'm also right now in, in a big way into like alternative music. Uh, bands like mm-hmm. X Ambassadors, uh, I really like. So, um, the score is another good one. And then uh, there's a new band called Lowborn that actually produced a couple tracks on for me um, that I really dig out of North Carolina, out of Greensboro. But yeah, there's, oh, wow. there's all kinds of stuff out right now. And that's what I love mm-hmm. about uh, you know the digital landscape. We have access to more music than we could ever want, <laughs> and there's something to discover every day. Most definitely. So when you look back on your career so far, what are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? You know, this is going to be cheesy, honestly, but like today (laughs) is a big one for me. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, when I started my career, again, remember, I I started not knowing that songwriting was even a clear path. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's been interesting to me when I started out, it was very methodical. It's like, okay, I'm going to spend a year learning what it is to really write a song, like in a commercial way. And then I'm going to spend mm-hmm. a year learning what the, the business of songwriting. And then I'm going to spend a year networking. Okay, now, and each year after that, I would set these uh, attainable but incremental goals. And it would be like, okay, this year I'm going to have a cut by a major, by a major or a hold by a major artist, which means they say they're going to cut it, whether or not they do is another story. Um, things, and I kept hitting my objectives. But about two or three years ago, I said, you know, I want to give it a shot writing mm-hmm. my own music. Um, yeah. And, and I, I had specific, I had this uh, goals that I wanted to accomplish with it. Um, but this is kind of, today is the kind of, the release of the EP is kind of the culmination of, of a couple of years of work. Uh, mm-hmm. we, re- we started recording these two years ago with a friend. Uh, with, a, with a really talented producer named Mark Eckert out of Charlotte who does a lot of indie pop kind of stuff. And this was cool, too, for doing the Fatumi Project. It was interesting because it allowed me, my background traditionally has been in country music, and allowed me to flex not only a different sound of muscle, but just it allowed me to step into the artist life, it allowed me to try, step into a new genre, uh, and really kind of run with that and enjoy it and explore that space and new sounds and new dynamics. Um and I've really enjoyed every second of that. We recorded 10 yeah. songs. This EP that drops today is the first five. Um, then we've got mm-hmm. another five coming out after that. Uh, and if we're going to be releasing uh, as a, a number of singles starting you know, in a couple of months, we'll, we'll be releasing more new music. Um, so yeah. we've got a nice little backlog, and then we're already recording uh, you know, the, next, the next latest songs. Um, mm-hmm. So really, honestly, you know, one of the biggest things in my career is, is today is, is kind of been the build-up. <laughs> oh, so wow. There's a work drops today, and it's uh, it's this kind of first step in, in releasing a collection of music for me um, that I've never mm-hmm. done that before. This is uh, stepping into the artist world from the songwriting side of the house. It's been a, been a big move, and uh, I'm wow. excited about it. I'm really excited about it. That's, <laughs> that's really cool that we picked today for the interview that too. Um, so as you know, um, let's flip the script for a little bit. Um, yep. There's always a lot of great highs, and, and most people out there, all you hear is they talk about the highs of music. But I think a lot of fans out there don't realize what y'all go through. Um, I remember we interviewed a lady named Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls back in 2014. <clears throat> and on our show back then, she, uh, we asked her what advice would she give up-and-coming artists. And because she was full time with the music at that time. And she said, coming from someone like me full time, this is going to sound funny, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and keep music as a hobby. And she said, because 
you, your body has to sacrifice so much. Mentally, you have to sacrifice so much. Your family has to sacrifice so much. If your heart will allow you to do anything else, it's not worth the sacrifice. You have to do so much to sacrifice for everything to, to be – but if your heart will allow you, won't allow you to do anything else, she says, then go all in. And let's talk about that a little bit because, again, I think that's what people miss. They don't realize – the sacrifices that y'all do have, the struggles. Let's, you know, what are some of the things that you've had to go through through these years to get to where you're at right now? Yeah, uh, you know, that's interesting the way she put that there. It's, um, there's definitely been sacrifices. It's, 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 you definitely see it in your family. Uh, so I've, I'm someone that's chosen to try to pursue a career while not living in Nashville, which is, uh, presents mm-hmm. really unique struggles. Uh, it's it's difficult. You know, I don't even lie to people. I'm also a, a Nashville Songwriter Association NFAI coordinator for North Carolina, mm-hmm. and it's one of the questions I get asked a lot. Is like, hey, would you would you recommend if we want to do music? What would you recommend we we move to Nashville? And that's a tough question because that is where a lot of this stuff is happening. Um, but I've chosen to try to pursue it from afar. I think in the mm-hmm. digital landscape, that makes that more accessible than ever, especially if you're like me and you're doing a lot of different genres and pursuing film and TV versus necessarily artist yeah. rights. Um, um, but, you know, it's the struggle is tough then because then now that means that, you know, once a month for a week or more, I've got to travel back and forth mm-hmm. on the road. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's time away from family. Uh, this has consumed my life. <laughs> in the sense that it's, you know, it's like my full-time job. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like my full-time job for anybody else. You know, you, you go to nine to five, I have an office, I do that as well. I'm writing music, I'm scheduling rights. Um, if I'm not mm-hmm. doing that, I'm doing admin or web work. Um, so I treat it very, as, as professional as I can. I, I maintain an office for it um, that I go to outside of my house. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's taxing and it's it's exciting and it does require a commitment, but I won't I, I don't I won't romanticize it to the point that saying it's it's harder work than, than anybody else working a full time job. You know, it's not in the sense that I've it's not it's not harder work in the sense that I, I, nobody's shooting at me, um, which is nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? um, so it, it, it's I think whenever you can choose to pursue your passion. Um, that's going to kind of cut down on the, the amount of, you know, how much it feels like work. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. When you can do what you love, it, it just, that, you know, you could do it. It's like entrepreneurs, you know, they say they, they work 80 hours a week. Uh, so they don't have to work a job that, that makes them work 40 hours a week, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> when, you, when you love what you do, you do, it doesn't feel like work. So, but yeah. uh, I am, I'm constantly on my phone and I should be with my family, you know, updating Facebook. I'm on the road a lot. Uh, I'm writing music. I've got things in the evening that take me out. I'm also uh, a big, I'm a big proponent of, I, I love what music can do as far as giving back. So like I teach yeah. locally, uh, I'm an NSAI coordinator. We talk about music business on a local level. We try to impart mm-hmm. music business skills to other people. We had a cat last year who was working two, who got laid off of one job, had to pick up two to make ends meet. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like we were a big part of giving him the tools necessary to go out and do music full time. And he played 300 yeah. plus shows last year. And that's all he's doing. Now. Oh, wow. I love giving back in a big way like that as well. A big part of my, what I do in music is is centered around that. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it takes it takes a lot of sacrifice on the on the family end, on the free time end. Um, but it doesn't feel like sacrifice. So it's it's really kind of a hard. It's even weird me calling it a sacrifice. It's it's what you love to do, um, and so it's just you find that balance. Um, you, it might take 80 hours, and, and it definitely mm. uh, affects the loved ones around you. But you you sometimes don't notice it, which is bad. You need them to kind of reel you back in. Uh, but yeah. I'm lucky. I've got a great support system around me to, to kind of reel me back mm. in when I've gone off the deep end in the music or into anything else. I'm a guy that has a lot of things, a lot of fires, uh, pokers in the fire. So sometimes I need to be reeled back in. from music or anything else that might be going on and see i want to and see i want to make sure we use our show to talk about all sides of the music because i think a lot of people you hear so many people saying well go you need to just go get a real job 
and I hate no. that. I hate that term um, <clears throat> because what you know, like I've told people recently, you know what? Don't tell artists to go get a real job because actually they got something better. They got a passion to live for, and yeah. <clears throat> that's way better than real. Yes, they may struggle. So what? You know, everybody struggles at some point in their life, and you know what? But let them do what they're trying to do. Because I, I think people are, have this such misconception of what it is to be an artist. That's why I, I always want to talk about the both sides, the good and the bad, and the ugly and everything. Because boy, we, you know, we've interviewed so many different people over the years, and but definitely recently. But we, you know, and and I think you're doing it right because um. Uh, we interviewed Brandon Maddox, who's from um, Nashville, um, back in 2014 or 15, somewhere back there. And his advice to up-and-coming artists was if you're ever planning on moving to Nashville, don't move until you build your local and regional base first. He says when you get to Nashville, uh, he said, I don't care how good you are, there's someone here better. And you'll see them on every street corner. He says, it'll be very intimidating if you come here with no base. He says, but if you build your local, you build your regional, now when you get here, you've got a foundation to build on while you're trying to make a name in Nashville. And yep. I've always remembered him saying that. And, and again, I, I think at the, um, if I'm not mistaken, at the um, CRS event in Nashville, now we weren't there, but I've seen people talk about it, said that almost exact same thing. And I'm like, hey, Brandon Maddox said that back to us back in 2014. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, Nashville has a way of humbling you. <laughs> when you, go, you can see a big fish in a little pond and you get to Nashville, and you're like, holy cow. Everybody here, the, the waitress is super talented. The bartender is super talented. <laughs> the guy that picked you up, the Uber that picked you up from the airport is incredibly talented. Yeah, Nashville is, a, is just a... Incredibly talented town. There's no getting around it. It'll it'll humble you yeah. quick when you go out there thinking that you're the next big thing. Um, that said, you know, though, it's, there's a, it comes it all comes back to that balance, though. You know, you gotta you gotta have you don't need to be also you don't need to be the best. I, I do see people kind of go to Nashville sometimes and and then get their the wind let out of mm-hmm. their sails, and then they get they get kind of caught up in comparing themselves to other people, and you can't do that yeah. either. There's a there, the music industry is so large. There's there's lots of careers. There's lots of jobs. Even within the artist world, if you want to be an artist, there's lots of paths and avenues and things that you can yeah. do. Um, and there are one million and one singers that are better than me, hands down. There are quite a few. I'm not gonna say a million. There are quite a few songwriters that are better than me. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I like to think not too many, but you know, but there are. That's the truth. Um, all I try to focus on is what I can control. And I try not to let anybody out hustle me. Um, I can uh, I can get up every morning, and, I, and what I do with my songwriting career is in my hands. Uh, the people that are better at other things is not anything I can control. Um, mm-hmm. But I think finding exactly. your own path and putting your head down and tackling it the best you can tackle it, um, you'll find a niche mm-hmm. if, you, if you want to find a niche, if you want to work hard enough to find that niche. And uh, I think people kind of lose sight of that. There's both sides of that coin. Yeah. people that come out and they think they're the best thing in the world and they're quickly deflated. And then there's people that are almost, uh, they don't have enough ego. I don't, I don't know if you yeah. don't have enough confidence is the word. Um, you know, they, they need that kind of, uh, they, they should have a little more confidence, a little boost in their own, uh, get rid of that self-doubt, uh, go out there and pursue it. But yeah, it's, it's, mm-hmm. I've seen both. I've seen it. I've seen it hit people hard on both ends there. <laughs> uh, but nashville has got a funny way of doing that to you. It'll humble you yep. and it'll it'll highlight <laughs> in a in a very real way. Um, but it also prepares you on how to deal with that. You know, and if you can mm-hmm. handle that, if you can get over that bump, um, you'll likely find a home. It might not be what you thought you were going to do, but you'll find a home. The music yeah. business is, is, industry is big. Going back to what you said about telling them to find a job, find a real job. I mean, that kid playing keys at his local bar right now, if he's if he's young enough, you tell him to find a real job. It, it, music is a very real job. And within the music industry, there are many, many jobs. You know, he he mm-hmm. may start off thinking he wants to be an artist or a keyboard player or a synth player or a guitar player or whatever his instrument is. And he may find out he's an amazing uh, you know, publisher. 
or he, yeah. he lands at a label and ends up being a great accountant. You know, it's, it's, it's literally anything. True. There's so many different things in the industry. Uh, he may be great at marketing. Um, mm-hmm. Even right now, you know, with with the way that we're all connected, I'm seeing. I, I run a group called. Uh, I help moderate a group called Make Pop Music, uh, which is got like twenty five thousand plus producers and artists from around the world making pop music, and mm-hmm. there are thousands, thousands upon thousands. I could say with first hand knowledge of people making a living um, from their home state, producing other artists and, and working with other mm-hmm. artists and doing yeah. film and TV work. And you know, you don't have to be. You don't have to be in one location like you used to. It helps sometimes, I won't lie, but you don't have to be. If you want to find a way to make it work, if you can find a way to network, it can be done online. You just got to get out there and start looking for those outlets. Um, and then assert yourself. <laughs> yep. So because it's so tough, as we just talked about, what drives you? Pity, ignorance. Uh, no, 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 I'm saying, no, no, I'm saying what drives you, you know, as in driving, you know, with that internal motivation. Yeah, no, no, I was saying that's what keeps me going, is, is ignorance and stupid. No, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, what drives me is, you know, I've been fortunate. I, I, I keep seeing those every year. I set these attainable goals, and I've been fortunate to hit them every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're not anything major. Like I said, there'll always be a step up from what I did last year. Um, yeah. And as long as there's forward momentum, I'm going to keep moving forward. Um, mm-hmm. I'll stop when there's stagnation. If if my career stops or I don't love it, um, well, I won't say I don't love mm. it. I wake up some mornings and I don't love what I have to do, but I, I do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can't just you can't just change with the wind. You know, you got to stick to it every once in a while. But but if, if but if it ever became a thing where you're just like, I really hate this, um, which I could yeah. never foresee that happening, but I would stop then, or if I just had true stagnation, which I think does happen mm. in the industry a lot. I think people realize they're like, "Wow, nothing's happened for me in like five years now." What I need, I, they need to reassess. Uh, the industry has changed, and they're not changing with it, or or something. Something has happened, and they need to reassess at that point. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't hit that yet, luckily. Um, but uh, it's if it happens, I will I will reassess at that point. But for me, it's just what keeps me driving is my left foot. I still have it, um, and then the forward momentum of my career has has you know, steadily maintained. Um, yeah. And I'm not again. I'm not talking big. Uh, I'm not. Yeah. I don't. I don't go one year from going. Oh, you know, I'd love to get a little NBC promo spot to the next year going. Okay, this year's the Grammy year. You know, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's just setting yourself up for failure. I mean, I I love it. It happens for some people, but. I set I set achievable goals and make sure that I'm always mm-hmm. I'm always striving to move forward. And everything's been a little bit better and a little bit better. And uh, you know it's not it, it's tough. It's it's definitely I'm, we're going into year nine now, and uh, you know calling a living is sometimes laughable. Yeah. <laughs> when you look at the, yeah. your, when you're filing your taxes, uh, but you know it's, I, I've been fortunate. You know I can I can make it work and. I've got a good support system around me, so we make it work. But uh, you know, what drives me is just that, just that love, that love of doing it, uh, the excitement of doing yeah. it. It's never, the, it's ne- no day is ever the same. Really, you, know, you could be writing country one day, pop the next day. Maybe I'm mm-hmm. editing a song instead of writing a song one day. Maybe we're doing track work on another day. It's just, it's all exciting. And maybe one day I'm just doing marketing. Yeah. I'm doing marketing all day. Uh, it's actually today. Today I've done nothing but marketing. <laughs> you know, it's uh, yeah. It, I, I like it. It's exciting, and you're, you know, you're the, uh, you're the boss. You know, you got to wear a lot of different yep. hats. <laughs> I've always enjoyed that. I enjoy wearing a lot of different hats and being ultimately in control of as much as I can be in control of. I'm a little bit of a control freak. Understand that. Are you a business owner who needs capital to grow your business or you're in a tight pinch? With our simple and fast process, we can get you the money you need in under a week. 
When banks can't help, we usually can. Go to ObtainBusinessCapital.com. That's ObtainBusinessCapital.com and get pre-approved today. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out.
mm-hmm. that song was inspired. I started writing that in 2018, I want to say. This was a song that I was writing. Uh, all of all the Katuma music has kind of a, a, a positive spin and uplifting message. It's not always necessarily. Mm-hmm. It does, a lot of it was inspired of like going through my some things that I had come with with coming out of the army. My father passed away in 2015. I was taking care of him. Um, I had my family started about four years ago. So I was dealing with a lot of uh, uh, new emotions <laughs> and new things. Hmm. And all of my music kind of deals with that and tries to put a positive spin on it, uh, but tries to be truthful about yeah. it. Wolves was 2018 during the height of uh, some political nonsense that was going on. <laughs> and, uh, hmm. I know people people don't like their musicians to be political, but this is about as close as I got on the album to being political. There's a pundit that said, you know, the wolf on the hill is never as hungry as the wolf climbing up the hill. And I heard that hmm. quote, and it kind of it kind of sat with me. I was like, man, that's 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 kind of that's uh, some truth there. I wonder if there's a song in that. Yeah, so, so much I started, truth there. Yeah, I started exploring that, and then it kind of it became a song about about many things. It didn't become a political song per se, it's not about necessarily, you know, running for office, which I encourage as well, but it's, it's, it yeah. could be about the conversation that we were just having about what it takes to be in the industry. You know, you can be that wolf. You can, you can, you can go out there as long as you're, as long as you're going out there and you're achieving it and you're trying and you, you've got it within you if you want to go out there and give it a shot. Um, if you go out there and give it a shot, you've got a chance. The only chance you don't have is mm-hmm. if you don't take the shot. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> So Wolves kind of became a, a little bit of a tale about that. It has this cool little part in it, that, that high-pitched um, kind of uh, synth part that you hear. is actually my son howling like a wolf into my phone. Mm-hmm. And then we took it into the studio and, and, and mapped it to the, the the keyboard, the MIDI player there, and turned it into this cool mm-hmm. part. So it's, it's actually got a piece of my son in the track, which I love to death. Um, so, but, but yeah, the track for me is a song that it's a lot, it's a, it's an anthem about, you know, the power of, uh, self-belief about the power of revolution, um, strength mm-hmm. in numbers, yeah, believing in yourself. Um, and for me, it was just kind of a way to process and process what I was watching, what I was dealing with and kind of a little self-reminder to myself too, uh, you know, <laughs> you're coming up at that time would have been so uh, of the music industry, and it's like, all right, you know, let's we're trying new things here. We're we're still going. You got your doubts, but you're pushing through. Uh, let's write a song that kind of captures some of that, and uh, that's mm-hmm. what it's turned out to be for me, as far as like in the zeitgeist of the other songs on the album. It, it kind of you know, had a cool little space. You know, I love the analogy, the wolf analogy that you gave, because that's with anything in life. Like if you're if you've got this top top career say you're one of the big realtors, let's just say, and you're sitting fat on the top mountaintop. And the next realtor is climbing that mountaintop. Well, if you don't keep doing what you've been doing, they're going to pass you. And, you know, you you can take it another step too. I think a lot of times the carrot on the job for people gets people comfortable. And it causes them not to chase the mountaintop on their own dreams because they're now comfortable. And, uh, and uh, yeah. so it's why we l- love interviewing up-and-coming country artists and up-and-coming artists in general because they're chasing that. You know, I, I can talk with somebody who's, um, who's basically don't have passion for chasing anything, no dreams, no nothing, and I want to leave that conversation really quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. And there's a lot of that out there. They're, they're like dead. You know, when you talk to them, you can tell because they're they're like dead on the inside. And you can tell that it's because they have no passion for anything. And I think, yeah. and, and 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 I know some people gonna get mad at me for this, but to me, I think that's what a job does to people. You know, now granted, there are some jobs that like doctors and you know, not where where there's a calling behind that. But for the most part, you're just your regular, average, everyday nine to five type jobs. A lot of times, they will suck the dreams out of people. Yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of the larger <laughs> kind of story of wolves. Is you know, it's a, it's a, it's about you know having that power to go up the hill, but it's also kind of a, a lonely tale. 
uh, against mm-hmm. you know kind of sin after after you reach the top. It's a it's, yep. it's that it's that kind of tales oldest time. Is it, you see everybody you get to the top of where you were trying to get to, and then you kind of sit back and it's like now what? You kind of lose that you lose, lose that sharpness yep. a little bit. You get complacent. Um, you see that in every whether you're talking about career or whether the pundit, like you, she was talking about politicians that have been in D.C. for years upon mm-hmm. years upon years doing nothing. You know, you see it no matter what you're talking about. It's that kind of tail yep. complacency is something that we've all got to watch out for. Um, and then it's also a, a, a good motivational speech to those that are looking to kind of replace some of those people. <laughs> says, hey, you can replace them. Go get them. Go get them. They, sh- they need to be yep. replaced, you know, so it's kind of mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the story for wolves is, is both ways. It's that, it's that motivational message for the one that's looking to move up, and it's that uh, warning against complacency for those at the top. Um, and so, yeah, so you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what wolves was aiming to do, and um, I tried my best to do it. It's fun, and it's kind of put a different mm-hmm. spin on it. <laughs> but, uh, I like that one. It was it was, a, it was a fun track to do. It was produced by a guy named Mark Eckert again out of out of Charlotte, a really talented mm-hmm. pop producer, and um, just getting in there and doing that and, and being able to, like I said, we, we used my son's part to so being able to combine something so deeply personal for something that you wrote that has a personal message and motivational message as well. That's yeah. always fun. That's what's been really exciting about this whole project is kind of bringing those worlds mm-hmm. together. Um, and exploring new sounds and exploring new genres. Yeah, what well, one cool thing we do because again, I I can tell your kids are like this too. But one cool thing we do is we always allow our eight-year-old to ask one question to each artist we bring on. So we're gonna let him come on and ask you a question because we we try to make this a family a family thing. <laughs> all right, all right, I'll I'll give you a few answers. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, um, here he is. Here's Christopher okay. with his question. Hey, Christopher. You know, oh uh, hi, what's your favorite food? What's my favorite food? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Christopher, you're talking to one of the biggest eaters on the planet. I love <laughs> food so much. You know, if I say that my last meal, though, would probably be my mom makes this chicken casserole. It's not anything fancy, but for some reason, it is my go-to favorite food in the world. If I was ever going to have one last meal, that would be at my, my mom's chicken casserole. But, man, I love, I love pizza. I'm a huge chicken wings guy. Like, I love chicken wings. <laughs> I love Philly chicken <laughs> There's not going to be much I don't like. I don't like tomatoes. I don't like peppers. I don't like onions. Outside of those three things, I pretty much love everything. <laughs> You said one of his favorites. Which one? Pizza? A pizza. Oh, yeah. That's one of my kids' favorites. So what's, your, what's your favorite kind? <laughs> what's your favorite kind, yeah. Chris? Well, uh, pepperoni. Pepperoni. Good, solid choice. That's my favorite as well. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yes, yeah, he's quick and to the point there. <laughs> <laughs> Gave him a good strong name too, Christopher. One thing I always like to tell people is, um, if you want to inspire purpose and passion into your kids, they need to see you because they have a front row seat. See you living mm-hmm. yours out. I so we always like hard. <laughs> so, so we always try to because you know you hear you hear parents say, "I gave up everything so that my kids could have everything," and I think that's the worst thing people can do. Yeah, I'm I'm a big believer. You know, we need uh, this goes well beyond music and even my own personal life. But I'm a, I'm a big believer that we need more mentorship for our children coming from their mm-hmm. parents, um, bringing them yeah. in, letting them see. I mean, my daughter's in kindergarten, which I took her to vote with me. You know, little little <laughs> things, and you know, and yeah, uh-huh. but, yeah bringing bringing mm-hmm. them in to be a part of the track. My son, he's four years old, but he knows. Wolves is his song. He knows he's on that song. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big believer in that. Whenever I see, right now I'm out. Uh, one of my side passions, because I've heard me touch on it a bunch, is politics. So right now I've been out and about locally, and I've seen some of the local candidates bring their kids along. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Getting yeah. kids involved, bringing them a part of what you're doing, showing them how they can be yeah. a part of the process, showing them how you're doing a part of the process, explaining that. Uh, that's 
I think we need more of that in the world. We need more parents mentoring their kids, not just mm-hmm. not just raising them or barely raising them, for that matter. But yeah, I wish I wish we had a little more of that in the world. <laughs> Most definitely. Um, so if you could co-write with anyone dead or alive, who would it be, and what what would y'all's song be about? Oh, mercy. That's a killer question. Who would I co-write, dead or alive? Man. Man, oh, man, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that's so many people. I'm thinking of my favorite artists, and then they... You know, I'd love to sit down in a room with, it's not one guy, but you think of them as dead because Freddie Mercury has passed, but it'd be cool to be a part of a creative process for the band Queen. Um, mm-hmm. I know sometimes they, they wrote, like, sometimes Freddie would write a song and bring it to the band, and then sometimes, you, you know, they, the guitar player would write a song and bring it to the band. But it, I feel like if, I could, if somebody was like, hey, you can get a co-write with any band or artist alive, Queen circa 1980s come together and all sit in the room together and, and just create some magic because I was really drawn into that kind of um, yeah. the kind of storytelling combined with the, the epic soundscape that they put together. Um, that's always fascinating to me. Um, you know, for people that are alive, there's I love Jason Isbell as a storyteller. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Sam from X Ambassadors is one of my favorite bands at the moment. I like the way he, he writes a song. There's so many. I mean, this is asking a songwriter he wants to write with. Like, literally, my list is probably a thousand people now. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know who would be at the top of it. I couldn't write. Uh, and the guys from Lewis York, have you ever heard of them? Um, uh, Lewis York is, a, is an R&B band right now. Uh, mm-hmm. And they've they've bring together the powerhouse of two songwriters. Um mm-hmm. and it is their music is amazing. I'd love to write with those guys. Mm-hmm. And uh mm-hmm. it's it's Claude Kelly and Chuck Harmony. And, and you know, two songwriters in their own right, seeing them to come together for this like super group. There's just so many mm-hmm. right now that I would love to write with. But yeah, if I had to go alive, I couldn't pick this one. Uh, if I'm going dead, dead or past dead, I I'm leaning probably towards Queen, Freddie Mercury. Um, I love getting a room with Sam Cooke, though. Uh, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it, I don't know, man. That's such a tough one. So, what would it be about? What would it be about? I'm yeah. Of that. And it would, you know, um, I think I like all of those people that I mentioned because they say something. Um, yeah. You know, they actually have a message. Uh, it doesn't have to mm-hmm. be, you know, something deeply personal, but it's either a message mm-hmm. that you can get behind that motivates you, that makes yeah. you want to, that makes you want to propel yourself forward, or it makes you stop and think. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know exactly what the topic would be. It'd probably be different for each one, but it would definitely be something that does that. I think that's why I'm drawn to those type of people. Like, if it was me and Jason Isbell, man, we'd probably tackle something a little bit heavy that made you stop and yeah. think. That you wouldn't be able to ignore. Uh, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it might make you cry, might punch you in the gut. Uh, but if I was running the front mm-hmm. man, it, it might be like a stadium anthem that just motivated you to get off your butt and made you want to do something uh, exciting mm-hmm. and had like big swells. And, <laughs> and then, you know, if I got the chance to write, uh, you know, with a Motown guy, you know, we'd probably write mm-hmm. something kind of. Um, Poignant, uh, you know, probably, you know, about about the times and what's going on around us. And I'd love to see how it, how it, what we see in 2020 might be echoing what they saw in 1960 or something. I don't know. It, you, there's <laughs> that's the beauty of songwriting. You know, you could go, you could talk about anything, and there's no topic that's off off limits. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It'd be fun. That'd be part of the magic of getting in the room together and finding out what you're going to write about. <laughs> <laughs> So when you look back at your life right now, it, what one song out there describes your life? Oh, man. <laughs> you know, maybe I need to start doing some prep work for these interviews. Right? Cause I, well, the, the, one, the one artist, the one song, those questions are impossible for me. Uh, one song that describes my life. Wow. Uh, and I know that's a tough one. 
that is a tough one. I, like, I, it might be borderline impossible to give you a great answer on this one. Um, I feel like I haven't given great answers. I, I feel like I'm, I'm, t- <laughs> I'm influenced by so many things and people. It's tough to give you a one-person answer. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, the biggest soundtrack coming up for me, though, mm-hmm. uh, was Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Uh, that is probably my mom's favorite band. Um, mm-hmm. And so that more great dirt album, you know, it's not one song particular, but the way they kind of crafted stories. Um, yeah. Those kind of Americana stories growing up. Um, I kind of, I kind of, that makes, that, that feels like the soundtrack to my childhood. Combined with you know, so, uh, spoken in with some some Motown hits and uh, yeah. a few Beach Boys songs, but yeah, I think I don't know that I could point to one song in particular. Yeah. Um, but that kind of, but probably the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band is probably it's probably one they wrote because I just grew up right. on it and it just it kind of sits with me when I think of my upbringing. I think of, they kind of pop into my mind first, uh, whether right or wrong. I have to sit down with that question though, and I'll have to think about that. See if there's one song <laughs> that I feel like really just highlights my life to a T. Uh, that's a really good question. I wish I, I wish I had a better answer for that. Uh, <laughs> next time. Next time. <laughs> yeah, next time. So, um, if you had a magic wand, and okay. what you're about to say will come true. Where do you want, where would you be in five years? And the reason I ask it this way, I have a specific reason why I ask it. Well, first off, I want people to dream. I don't want them to just give me the fluff, fluff answer that they think, okay, I just want to do music. I don't want that kind of answer. And the reason I ask it this way, though, is last month was the five-year anniversary of us asking that same question to Kelsey Ballerini, and she's living what she said. So I, always, so I want to ask it in a way to say, you know what, what if? Just what if this could happen? Because without, you know, vision is everything. So where do you want to be in five years? For, I was assuming you mean as a songwriter or in the music industry, right? Yeah, just music in uh, general. Yeah, music in general. Yeah. In five years, um, I've got to maintain that forward momentum. Um, so what I would see for that is moving from a songwriter that is seeking out work, that is seeking out mm-hmm. opportunities, to being a songwriter that is um, asked to participate uh, in opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of me going out into the world and looking for those things, they're coming to me and asking me for things. And that happens on occasion with publishers that I work mm-hmm. with and, and people that I work with. They come to me quite often, but I'm talking in a larger sense, in the sense that Disney has a new movie, and they go to Blake Shelton to write, uh, write a song, or they go to Blake Shelton to sing a song. I would like to do that in the songwriting world for some of these, mm-hmm. for some of these larger industries. Um, and uh, and as far as for Tooney, I'd love to see the music keep evolving. Uh, I, I don't want for Tooney to be a to be a project that has a palette that is uh, very linear. I like exploring mm-hmm. the next EP is going to have some. Is going to be a little more pop driven than all rock driven, uh, and then the yeah. one after that we're starting to write is going to be a little more personal while still maintaining a lot of the things. Um, so I'd love to see Fatumi moving more from the songwriting into the house, which is I started this, and right now we're doing a lot of work in the film and TV world with the band. But I'd love to see it more move into performance and festivals, mm-hmm. um, and playing out more and booking more shows, uh, and and. You know, not not stressing each release so much. <laughs> we're, we're a uh, I'm a no-name guy now pushing music you've never heard before, and you know every release is that is that constant struggle to get the word out. Uh, yep. I'd love I'd love it for once. I'd love I'm going to be very excited when the bass is there, when there's a bass that I can really uh, come up with and interact with, and uh, we're building mm-hmm. it now, and it's been exciting. Um, but in five years, I hope it's there in a strong way um, to support playing around the country and playing at different festivals and um, just yeah. really loving what we're putting out. Um, so just forward progression, yeah. I, I, I guess yeah. that's probably a similar answer to what Kelsey gave, but uh, being yeah. sought after uh, would be, would be a, yeah. welcome, a welcome change of pace as well. <laughs> 
mm-hmm. instead of constantly being the one seeking. Uh, so hope, here's the hoping. Here's the hoping. Yep. And um, so let's say you had a kind of goes along with what we just talked about. Let's say you had a friend. They've done a couple shows, and they're pretty good. They have good tone. They got good voice. Because, you know, a lot of people think they can sing, but they really can't. There's a lot out there like that. But let's say they can. They've got a really great voice, and they're your friend. What advice would you give this person that, because of what you've went through now to get through the next two, three, four years? Yeah, and so they want to be a singer? Because if they yeah, don't want to be a singer, singer, the first thing I would do is say, don't be a singer. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, assuming they can sing and they want to be a singer, you know, you just got to figure out what that what that means to them. I'm actually living that with a friend right now. Uh, he's one of the most talented songwriters I've ever met, and he's an amazing singer. He's the gentleman I was telling you about that went to playing 300 shows in a year. Um, mm-hmm. And now uh, it's trying to decide, you know, does he want to move to that? He's he's really pushing songwriting. Does he want to move to the mm-hmm. artist world? And uh, and my advice to him is, you know, just you just kind of think about it. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, you got to figure out if you start releasing songs that you that you were trying to pitch to other people, then they become your songs, which doesn't mean they won't be cut. But uh, sometimes people like songs that haven't been cut. There's a and we we really dive into the weeds of the music industry when we do that. But ultimately. If you love what you're doing, if you love singing, and you love being on stage, and you love constantly putting out music, I want you. My advice to them would be dive into it, fully understand what that means, that nonstop mm-hmm. marketing cycle, and see if that's what what you want for your life. Because there's other ways to do it without having to be that stage front artist too. Yeah. Um, smaller extent, that's kind of what the team is. I'm not the stage front artist. I do these. I do a lot of marketing and I do a lot of push and we are releasing a lot of music, but I'm mm-hmm. also not doing a, you know, 50 state tour run because that's not what my music was built for it's not, yet. Yeah. That's where it's going, but it's not, it's not where it started or where, yeah. what it's intended to do right now. So it's, it's all about just kind of the intentionality. I would, I would highly recommend that they dive into start thinking about whether or not they want to, what they want out of their career. Is it for to, you really want to hear your songs in a movie? or you really want to play Lollapalooza, you know, because those are two different paths, <laughs> or they can be two different paths. They could be the same path, but they could mm-hmm. be two very different paths as well. Uh, do you want to be the guy that has an EP that you can share with your friends, or do you want to be the guy that has an EP that's trying to get label attention? Um, mm-hmm. Again, two different <laughs> projects, two different paths. Are you trying to play regionally? Yeah. Are you trying to play nationally? Uh, just sitting down and, and kind of sitting with your thoughts and being realistic with yourself about what you want out of your career. Because uh, the truth is, any one of those paths, can, you can create a living in any one of those paths. People think that it's like, yeah. oh, if I shoot for the major, yeah, if I'm not going to make label, I can't make any money. You know, the bulk of the people making money in the music industry right now are not on a major label. So it's, it's you, I just want people to be kind of, that's part of what I do as an NSI coordinator, is trying to just... Mm-hmm give people the tools that they could sit down and think about their career in a logical way, um, critically, what they want out of their career, how they can go about doing that. Um, and if that's the really right path for them, that's kind yeah. of where I feel like I've done with my careers. I've had a lot of chance to sit down and think about, all right, let's, let's try this next step. Uh, but I've been able to think mm-hmm. about it every step of the way, which has been helpful. It hasn't been too much kind of, uh, Blind jumping into the deep end. Oh, he's jumping into the deep end in the sense that I'm like, oh, I've never done a pop project. Let's do a pop project. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a lot of intentionality behind that as well. I jumped into the deep end, but I thought long and hard before I jumped. <laughs> and now I'm swimming in the deep end. But uh, I just I, that would be my advice to anybody. Would be you know think long and hard yeah. about what you want out of the career field because there's a lot of different careers within that field, even within the artist you know, path itself. There's a lot of different things you could do. And then if that's what you want to do, uh, pursue it. Get with me. Get with somebody else around you. Get with the NSAI. Get with some other some other people that are great resources in the music industry mm-hmm. and find out what you need to do to make that a reality. What are those next steps? Start coming up with a business plan or a plan of action. Yeah. As we come to our last question, what – Go. Um, is there any question that you wish people like us would ask you but they never do? Mm. 
important question that I wish people like you would ask me that they never ask me. Oh. See, we've actually we've actually um added questions to our things by with this question. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's not so much that I wish that I would be asked, but I wish I had the opportunity to highlight more so in these quick things where I'm always talking about my project and my things mm. to highlight the people around me that made that possible. Yeah. Um, so like I, I, I always wish in these segments it was like, hey, who, 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 who could you have not done this without? I guess is the question. <laughs> and, then, and then it always for me always comes back to first and foremost my wife, Tom, my two kids, my family, the support system, my in-laws, my mother around me. But then it comes back to the collaborators that were a part of this project. Mm-hmm. Mark that produced it. The Wes and Zane of Lowborn that produced some tracks and helped write on it. Lauren Wright, William mm-hmm. Smith, Moshe, who mastered everything. Uh, you know, these people around me, I have a great team over at Symphonic Distribution. Uh, and Sherry is, is doing PR for me. These people around me, you know, are the reason I'm allowed to sit here and talk to you. And I wish I could highlight that more <laughs> in, yeah. these, in these short little interviews that you do, and I never have enough time to say that and say how much I love them and appreciate them, um, but I do. Mm-hmm. So I wish that was the question I got more often was, uh, who makes this possible around you? Uh, let's stop talking about you for a second. <laughs> you know, um, I'm glad you I'm glad you said it this way because that's going to be in our future ones now because I I do like that idea I, I yeah. of the. The people behind. In fact, we've even thought about a segment of one day doing called the people behind, or called um behind the artist, where it's not about the artist. It's about maybe the mom, the dad. You know, basically the people that are supporting them while they're trying to chase this crazy dream. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's and that's what makes it. The only downside to that segment is you inevitably, like right now, I'm sure I inevitably forgot someone, and I will feel like an idiot later. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, it's it's out of love. Oh, there's there's so many people that's a part of these things, and and they deserve to yep. be highlighted. And I wish I could highlight them more every day. I try my best to. It really is. You know, we think of we think of it at the artist journey as being a, a very solo journey, and it's not. It's very team driven. And uh, you all come up as a platform together. Even as songwriters, you're all on a platform together. And one person goes up, you all elevate. Uh, <laughs> at least that's the way I look at my journey. And so. Um, kind of highlighting that, highlighting the people around you, lifting them up, is the only way we all go up. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, tough, it's tough to climb alone. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a path I don't want to walk alone anyway. That's not fun. Who wants to walk alone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's what I like. I like highlighting them. I think that should be a question. <laughs> so, um, now it's self-promotion time. Tell everybody how they can reach out to you. Oh, perfect, perfect. So let me get back in that driver's seat for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm easy to find. I'm uh, Satumi Music. Satumi, S-I-T-U-M-I music.com. Uh, all the socials are Satumi Music. You can find me online. Uh, the music is on every streaming platform that you could ever want to. It's on Apple. It's on Spotify. Uh, it's on Napster. It's on Bigster. It's, uh, you know, it's whatever, whatever you can think of, that's where the music is hiding. It's on Amazon. Find me on there. I love talking to people. I'm on Amazon. I'm on Instagram. Twitter, uh, Facebook. Uh, yeah, anywhere that you would go looking for music, you'll find me. And it's S-I-T-U-M-I. That's Satumi. And then I didn't actually tell you that. That comes from my father. It's it's an anagram for fake it till you make it. <laughs> Which is my father used to say, you know, you either got to fail till you make it or fake it till you make it. And that always stuck with me. So you, you know, there's, a, there's another term that I like that you might want to use uh, in place of fake it till you make it. It's face it until you make it. Face it till you make it. Interesting. All right. Yeah. That's what I, you know, somebody else told me, what was the other one? Uh, there was one other. There was one other F one, and now I'm drawing a big blank. So like, that's what I actually love about it, is that you can, people, if they don't like fake it till you make it, I could be like, I could flip it and say, well, you know, my father used to say fail till you make it, which is another big one. Um, yep. So it's, it's, yeah, I like that people can kind of insert their own their own kind of path or whatever they want into that. But that's for me, it was very much what this project was about. It's, it's not about faking it per se, but it's about having the courage to yeah. just take that leap. 
You've never done pop music. What are you doing? You're a songwriter. We're we'll gonna do it. We're gonna go do it. We're gonna go do it. What's the worst that could happen? I'm no worse off than I was a year ago. You know, let's do this. Let's try this. And I think you gotta go out there and you gotta not be afraid to fail. And so, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah. So you can find Fatumi on any of those sites that I mentioned, and I'd love to have him. I appreciate all the support from anybody, and yourself included. Thank you so much for having me. We appreciate having you on here, and we look forward to having you back down the road to get some updates. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to be back. we got a new EP coming up right after this one, and probably a few months down the road, we'll start releasing more new music for this for the next EP. So be on the lookout. <laughs> All right. Well, it was great having you, and we'll talk with you soon. Thank you very much. Y'all have a good one. Take care. You too. Hey, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the show today. Um, we hope you have a great weekend. Um, we we have another show coming up Monday, and then we'll who knows how many we'll do next week, but we'll do them. Um, but anyway, we'll see you Monday. <laughs>